from AATH, the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. This is LaughBox, the podcast for laughter and humor professionals. Here's your host, Chip Lutz. Hello, friends, and welcome to LaughBox, the official podcast for the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. My name is Chip Lutz, your host, and today I am pretty excited. I get to I get to talk to somebody that I really respect, not only as a person, but just as a um, well, a philosophizer, uh, just an over an, an academic genius. Um, I get to talk with Nick Mosca. Uh, Nick currently serves as a mindfulness coach and uh, English and public speaking teacher at the at the George Jackson Academy. He's also a radio host. He's presented at Yale, Columbia, NYU, all over the United States. He's just an all around really smart guy, as well as being a uh, research advisor. Uh, actually, I think he's like the head research guy for the association. So welcome, Nick. I'm really excited to talk to you. Welcome to LaughBox, my friend. Uh, thank you, Chip. It's a real honor to to be with you today. I really enjoyed the time and appreciate it. Uh, and that was a very, very uh, gracious welcome uh, and introduction. Thank you. Well, I, I got to meet you in Philadelphia a few years ago, and I was like, man, what a cool guy. I, I just That's what's neat about the association is you get to meet such a, a diverse group of people. And, and, you know, getting to meet you was definitely a treat for me and definitely a treat to talk to you today. So, Tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Where you know where you where you hail from. What's what's your gig, my friend? Sure thing. Well, it was a pleasure to meet you as well a couple of years ago. And so, yeah, I hail from Brooklyn, New York, and I currently live there now. And I work in Manhattan. And I'm like you mentioned in the intro. I do mindfulness consulting all over the country with a Brooklyn accent. Really helps bring it home for for the clients. Uh, gives it a nice humorous twist because a lot of times mindfulness is presented in a boring fashion, and it doesn't always have to be. And I was, like you, inspired by all the different uh, professions where you can use humor that I met through the Association of Applied and Therapeutic Humor, and that really encouraged me to think about how can I combine mindfulness with humor in a way that is healing for the people that I'm privileged to serve. So that's, that's some of the research that I've been engaged in over the last few years. I'm just really so surprised you're from Brooklyn because I really thought from your accent you're from Alabama or something. <laughs> I get that all the time. <laughs> I, I kill me. I think I'm hilarious. Anyway, so what, what is mindfulness? If you can wrap yes, it up in a nice little nutshell for us. Sure. It's about it's, – it's, it's a process of easing into the present moment and being open to everything that arises, the good, the bad, the ugly, and just being able to respond to it all with a sense of compassion and kindness toward yourself and toward whatever it is that you're responding to. So it's really a, it's a threefold thing. It's a process. You know, it's something that you never really get perfect at. It always takes a lot of practice. And the second part of it is just awareness. And then the third part is choosing with kindness and compassion. That sounds really nice, but how, how do I get yeah. to be? How do I get to be mindful? I'm always I'm, for me. I'm a chronic warrior. I mean, I'm thinking about tomorrow, the next week, and I, I just always in the future and never really in the present. So, how does that work? Yeah, it's well. It takes practice, and there's many different ways to access it. I mean, 
Yeah, I think it starts with really finding a way to access the present moment that's authentic for you and personalized for you. So I'll give you an example. For me, I'm an auditory learner. And so what I do is I listen to a five-minute song, right? And throughout the whole song, I just focus on one instrument, say the piano. And every time my mind wanders to the strings or to some other track or even to a song I heard yesterday or whatever it is, I just try to bring my attention back to the piano. And that's a very simple way that you could practice if you're an auditory learner. Other people who are more kinesthetic, like yoga and so forth, but it's a very, it doesn't have to be this, you know, this, this process where you sit and follow your breath, which is the way mindfulness is normally presented. And that works for many people, but it doesn't work for everybody. It didn't work for me, and so I stopped practicing. And that's when I figured out, you know, there has to be a way to personalize this. And so when I actually honed into music, that's what helped me practice more consistently. It's really whatever works best for you. So when you do that, what, what are the, the overall benefits? I mean, what does that do for you? Oh, man. Well, it creates the sense of space between your thoughts and your actions. That's really one of the biggest benefits. Like you've ever seen the matrix. It's like living in slow motion sometimes where you know, you're about to say something. Right. It's like, love, you know I it's going to be a train wreck. I love how you put that in there. It's like it's like the Matrix. I that is a great analogy. It, <laughs> I automatically get a vision of uh, Keanu Reeves, who's like my least favorite actor of all times. But other than that, oh, I'm, no. I'm with you in the mindfulness <laughs> Matrix right now. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, I agree with Keanu. He has to work on his acting skills, but I love the. Uh, so just the idea of like having that space between your thoughts and your actions, like even if you're about to say something, right, and you know what you're about to say, it's probably going to be a train wreck and come back to bite you. Mindfulness allows you to stop mid-sentence and redirect and save yourself literally hours, days, months, years of aggravation, depending on what it is you're about to do or say. And it's fantastic because it actually helps you slow your life down and be more reflective rather than reactive. I like so that's, that. I think, the biggest benefit. I like yeah. that because a lot of times I'm going into a conversation oh, that I've been mulling around for a long time, and in my head I'm thinking, don't be an a-hole, don't be an a-hole, don't be an a-hole. Right. Then, <laughs> but then when it comes out of my mouth, I'm completely, I'm yeah. completely an a-hole. So, yeah. <laughs> so having, having, a, having a strategy to not do that is great. <laughs> Yeah, man. I tell you, it saves alimony. It saves all sorts of benefits. It's fantastic. So the rest of the rural return on investment that you're going to save money by being by, by being right. mindful. By oh, no question. True. By stepping into right. the mindful matrix. There it is. That's a good. I think we got a little slogan going on. Here. Uh, all right. Uh, trademark chiplets, 2017. Yep. Copyright. <laughs> I was here. They're right. No plagiarism. I'll make sure of it. No, it's all yours, my friend. I, I, I'm just happy to get a, a strategy so I'm not complicating my life. So, <laughs> how, how does humor play into all that? You know, you, you mentioned music, which is great, and I think a, a great strategy. I never really thought about that. Just, you know, you know for me, I, I love I, I can read all day long and I've tried the, the breathing thing. It doesn't really work for me. I never really thought about, you know, focusing on just, you know, 
one piece or you know one instrument in a in a song um, or the uh, and my mind wanders all the time then folks and bringing it back but you know, how does humor play into all that yeah so that's a really great question what what begins to happen is when you try to focus on whatever it is you're focusing on um, so I'll just take my example focusing on the one instrument you realize that your your thoughts go to three basic places and this is where the humor comes in I call them the Mo, the Larry and the curly thoughts basically <laughs> all your thoughts could be really the three stooges because it's like the Mo thoughts are M stands for the make-believe thoughts like your thoughts goes in going to these like this fantasy realm where you were you know you worried about things that didn't even happen and and you just make sometimes your, your thoughts are crazy they make stuff up and they get you all riled up for things that didn't even happen mm -hmm. and you'll see that when you try focusing on the one instrument whatever it is you're focusing on and so you're able to watch the most thought just come and go like it's, it's, it's like a little bubble passes so that's and then you have so that's the Mo thoughts. Then you have your Larry thoughts, which are like your later thoughts, all the thoughts about the future, which is obviously like the, the, it's the foundation of all anxiety, worrying about the future. So those are your Larry thoughts. And then your curly thoughts are something you alluded to before when you worried about the past. Those are your completed thoughts. The C stands for completed. And, you know, and so when I, when I look at my thoughts as these goofy bubbles passing by, these Mo, Larry, and Curly bubbles, it's, it's more playful, and I, I'm less likely to get attached to them. I'm more likely to just watch them bounce around and just pass by. So I think that's where the humor comes in. And just thinking about Mo, Larry, and Curly by themselves is hilarious to me. But not everybody likes Mo. Oh, yeah. Not everybody likes Three, not everybody likes three Stooges. I'm a Three Stooges fan. So, you know, thinking about my thoughts. Me too. With uh, yeah. Mo, Larry, or Curly is hilarious in and of itself. Is there, are there? Yeah, yeah that's, yeah, that's, I mean, that's like, if you could not, if you could take him less seriously, you're less likely to get, you know, wrapped up in them and more likely to be in the present. That's the whole point. And thinking about the, you know, worrying about the future is certainly, they like said, the, how'd you put it, the um, the basis for all anxiety that happens to a lot of us, especially when people are going through, you know, trials and tribulations, health, you know, their health problems or just worrying about day-to-day -day life. You know, it's a big right. thing. I'm sure you see that a lot in today's world when you're out consulting. You know, what are some of the biggest issues you see people fret fretting about? Yeah, some of the big ones... Uh, I mean, a lot, of, a lot of my clients suffer from insomnia. So it's something as, you know, something as simple as they're worried about whether or not they're going to be able to sleep that night. Um, and that's, that's one of the most common anxieties that I see in consulting, especially among teachers who are crunched financially, crunched with stress from administrators and obviously from the demands of students. Insomnia hits hard among the teachers of the world, mm -hmm. um, and I am one, so I know firsthand, but that's one of the common ones across the board, definitely. So, and you said that you, you said you don't, which I'm, it's wonderful that, you know, I, that most people I think it's like something like 66% 
don't have insomnia, but for the 33% who do, that that's, I mean, if you, out of the country, you know, like 600 million people, that 33% of that, that's a large number of people. So it, it is, I'm in the 66% that just dies when they go to sleep. I, I sleep through, <laughs> I sleep through a nuclear Holocaust. I don't know why I just, unless I guess when I was younger, I probably worried more when I was going, I was always organizing the day for tomorrow. Um, when I was going to bed, I'm like, did I do this? Did I do that? Did I go through this? And it would take me a little bit longer, but for the most part now I'm just out, out. So lucky um, man. I'm very jealous. Very, very jealous. <laughs> One of the few people in the world that is jealous of me. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> So tell, tell me, so when you go out and talk to educators then and you're sharing, you know, what are some of the strategies that, you know, I know, you know, we have the molary curly, but what are some other strategies you have for helping them get past that so they can sleep better, just live better? Yeah, you know, there's something, you know, what's wonderful about mindfulness is that there's so many ways to access it. And so what's wonderful is one of the easiest ways to access it is just by reading mindfully. You could actually read mindfully. Every time your mind wanders, if you bring yourself back to a text, that's mindfulness, which is fascinating to me. So I recommend to them to read the most boring stuff they could get their hands on, like math theory or, you know, any, any, like a farmer's almanac from 1862, whatever the hell they could get. That'll work, and it works for me. It's, it's read, read. one of the simplest things they can do. That's, that's, that's so funny because I've been I, – I know I've read books, and I am not mindful of anything in the book. I will have read three, three, three pages, and I realize, you know, I know I read this, but I have no idea what I just read because my mind is someplace else. You know, there's one word in there right. that spurred a thought, and next thing you know, in my mind, I'm on a beach in Barbados, you know, drinking a cerveza, and, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man, I have to go back and read that again. Um, so right, right. actually being mindful, of math, actually being mindful of math theory. Wow. Um, I will put you out, man. I, I would It'll definitely have to out. read. I would definitely have to read that several times if I can yep. through anything. Math's never been my forte. Never. Right. Me neither. <laughs> That's so funny. I'm in good company. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Now, <laughs> With having your, how did you get interested in this yeah. whole, in, in mindfulness? I know that, you know, you got your uh, master's divinity from Harvard, Harvard, which, you know, for those of yeah. you that listen, that makes like him like the, one of the smartest guys I know, because I went to the uh, community college of uh, hard knocks and that was hard for me to get in there. <sighs> so <laughs> how did that, how did that evolution happen for you? I just, I'm a neurotic New Yorker. Um, and so I grew up with a lot of anxieties and, and I needed a way to live life that just wasn't so stressful anymore, you know? And so I started thinking about, well, you know, what are those moments in my life when I was really happy and not worried? And there were the moments when I was just present, not worrying about those molary and curly thoughts. And mm -hmm. so I took that up as my course of study in graduate school, which is, and there's a whole, you know, philosophy around it. And a lot of great scientific research has come out in the last 25 years that show the tremendous benefits associated with mindfulness from reducing insomnia to 
reducing medical costs to you know boosting the immune system so that that's really when I saw that there was a lot of great science behind it too I'm like this not only makes me feel good but it's actually you know driven by data it's proven that this is some really powerful stuff so I just researched researched it and tried to figure out how to make it more accessible and personalized because like you said you know the follow the breath approach didn't work for you and unfortunately mm -hmm. a lot of people they think that's the only way to do it mm -hmm. but it's not you know you can listen to music you could do yoga you could paint you could read you could sculpt whatever you know there's any for every learning style there's like a hundred different mindfulness exercises you could choose from so the possibilities are endless and it's it's a very accessible tool that I think could benefit everyone I didn't I didn't realize that there were actual yeah. help I mean I understand the the concept of mindfulness and uh, stress reduction so you're whether it's affecting insomnia or whatever, but I, it's but I wasn't really making the correlation or the connection between that and the actual health benefits of that. So right. I mean, that's really yeah. interesting to me. So you know, what are some of those other health benefits that come from just being present in the moment? Yeah, it's wild. You know, I didn't when I first started, I didn't realize that either. So you, but oh, you know, as I've come to read some of the scientific literature that's come out. I mean, it physically lowers your cortisol levels, which is this chemical in your body that's correlated with stress. So it has this really empirical, you know, impact on your body by lowering this chemical, mm -hmm. um, which is fascinating to me. Um, and scientists have, you know, shown that through different research trials they've done. That's just one base. And, the, you know, the less cortisol you have, the less of a of a toll that it takes on your body, so you have reduced blood pressure as a result of that. You know, you're you live longer as a result of that. You know, it's just it, it can go on and on. It's really cool stuff. Um, Do you think there's a a connection? Because you know, remember how long it takes to get out? You know, of high school, like K through twelve takes forever, forever. Yeah. And I was reading oh, someplace, yeah. someplace that that's because like when we're young, we're constantly, we're more in the moment when we're young, we're constantly learning new things. It's a whole new world. And so even though time is a, a finite um, commodity, I mean, time is time. It doesn't change, you know, after high school, it goes really fast because our brain tends to streamline things and we, we, we don't notice as much anymore and we just streamline our day. So do you think that from being mindful, it can help us make time seem a little bit longer? Yeah, that's a really great observation. I never, I never thought of, I never thought of that. Like you're right. Since high school, time really sped up. You're absolutely right. And and only recently has it started to slow down for me. You so and because I've been practicing mindfulness for a while, and it takes time to get all these great benefits. But once you get in a really good rhythm, it does. It makes more time in your day. It's fantastic, I've, and it, it builds it. Yeah, like it, it. And we talked about the matrix before, but it really could slow stuff down, even to the point where I mean, I still can't. If you shot a gun at me, I wouldn't be able to dodge the bullet yet. But <laughs> I think over time. <laughs> but if I but shoot, I think a, that's where we're headed. You'll catch you. You can. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so. Uh, 
It's really cool. I think that's where you're headed, though. That's the right direction. That's, that's the right direction in the mindful matrix. How does there mindfulness, because I know with a, a, an MDiv like you have, obviously there's a spiritual component to mindfulness. How does, um, what's the connection there? Well, it really comes back to the name of God in the Judeo-Christian tradition, which is I am, right? God's name is not I was or I will be, but I am, the present moment. So when you read scripture with that kind of an understanding, like if you're in the present moment, that's the point where God is, if you take his name or her name literally. Um, so that's powerful stuff. If you go back and look at scriptures and with an eye towards the present moment, even if you replace the word God with the present, which it, basically that's the name of God, that's it. That's, that's it. You're in the present moment, you're automatically being spiritual, whether you know it or not. That is, so. that is a deep thought, my friend. I never really thought about that. That my mom will say that all the time that, you know, that's God's <laughs> the, the great I am. I am the Alpha and the Omega. You know, that is it. And that I never really thought of connecting that with being in the present. That is my deep thought for the day. That's going to be my mindful moment of the day. I'm going to be contemplating on that. All right. Yeah, I'm going to be right. thinking about that all day long. That is, that is, that's good stuff right there. For those of you listening, that was worth the price of admission today was that deep, deep, that deep thought from Mr. Nick Mosca. That's, uh, so I know you got a book that you've been working on. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes. Yeah, so there's a couple of books. The, the most recent one is uh, called Read Them and Sleep, and it's about it's a mindful approach to insomnia relief. And basically, it's a book that's only purpose is to put you to sleep. That's the only goal of the book. That's every so book I write. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to hear that. You can contribute a few chapters. It would be great. It's just... You open up, it's just blank pages. That's my chapter. <laughs> it's a do-it-yourself chapter. You write this chapter yourself. <laughs> so I'm going to leave some blank pages in there now. That's actually a really good idea. So, yeah, it's like, you know, just – I'm sorry, what were you going to say? Should, you, should, yeah, that's a, you should put a do-it-yourself chapter in there. The T – I like that. The DIY chapter. Anyway, I it's really good. Keep keep going. I'm no, sorry, I, I interrupted you. <laughs> so. No, no, no. I like that idea. It actually added it adds some nice spaciousness to it. Just some <laughs> blank pages here and there because because the chapters can get very dense, and I think it needs some spaciousness because I have chapters on math theory, chapters on you know uh, what else, learning Latin, you know, learning outdated languages, just anything to really put you out. The book is guaranteed stimulation free. That's the whole point of the book. So it's good stuff. <laughs> it's good stuff. Do you know, terrible, terrible yeah. marketing, Ter terrible marketing. Oh. <laughs> like, this book is, this book is guaranteed to put you to sleep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Well, I know who's getting my first copy, my friend. <laughs> I appreciate that. It better be autographed. That is, 
<laughs> Damn right. <laughs> the, the mindful matrix. Um, yep. So for people listening today, what are a couple of strategies they can take home with them that you would recommend that if they've got you know, a lot of stuff occupying their time or occupying their mind and they're having trouble sleeping, what are some things that you would suggest today? I know you've mentioned a couple as far as being mindful, you know, with music, you know, being mindful with, you know, reading something that, you know, like math, um, math theory, which just still kills me. But what are some other things people can, can do to, uh, help themselves make a better impact for themselves. Yeah. So one very simple thing to do today is, is to carve out 10 minutes of your day just to find a, a place that's really stimulation free, that you won't be distracted, um, that you know no one will come bother you, that's quiet, um, that you have a comfortable place to sit, and just take some time in that place to focus on something that's really uh, that really aligns with your learning styles and interests. And for me, like I said before, that's music. But for someone else, it might be you know modeling or painting or whatever it is. But make sure whenever you're doing it, you just do that activity. And when your mind wanders somewhere else, and the molarity and curlies come up. Just gently redirect your attention back to whatever it is you're doing and only that thing. And that in itself is practicing mindfulness. So that's something very simple and it's a good act of self-care. Even if you could just do it for 10 minutes, it's, it makes all the difference. Excellent. Are there any other uh, yeah. books or readings you would recommend for people if they were more interested in mindfulness? You know, what should they get? What should they put in their library? Yeah, so I would definitely recommend that they get this wonderful book by Sharon Salzberg. It's called Real Happiness. Mm -hmm. It was one. It was the foundation for a lot of my research into the field. And you know, I I would be happy to offer free consultation for anyone who wanted to learn more about how to personalize their mindfulness practice oh, or bring very, it to their organization. That's happy very generous. To, happy to do that. Yeah. Word of word. Just mentioned Chip. If you mention chip, you get a free consultation. In the in the promo box. You gotta pay. In the promo <laughs> box on the website. Type C H I P. <laughs> I'm gonna go on my website and actually make that the promo code. That'll be today. that'll be the promo. <laughs> good stuff. Where, well, speaking of which, where do people find you? What is that website? Where do people uh, find you? Sure, it's Nick Yeah, yeah. It's it's so it's nickmosca.com. N I C K M O S C A. Right. And, and they can they get the, uh, And you get some good videos on there as well. Um, I've been all through your website and I really enjoyed watching your videos and got some good tips from uh, tips from that as well. So aside from the book, Thank you. What, what's up next on the horizon for uh, Nick? Well, I want to, I want to transition to becoming a full-time mindfulness consultant. You know, I do it on the side now. Right now I'm a full-time middle school teacher and I do consulting work on the side. Mm -hmm. and I'd like to like to be able to do this full-time. That's really where my heart is. And as, if I could do it full-time, I'd be, be so happy. So that's what I'm trying to transition towards. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you right now, if you're teaching middle schoolers, you need to be mindful when you get home. I don't oh, know. Oh, absolutely. I don't know how anybody this, does that. God bless you. 
Thank you. I ask myself that every day. <laughs> I didn't even like my own kids. I didn't even like my own kids when they were middle schoolers. <laughs> it's, like, it's true. It's you know when they you know after the year's over, you think oh you know they're gonna get a little older, it'll be okay. Then you just like press reset and you get a whole new batch. It's like Groundhog Day all every year. Like oh my. Yeah, yeah. So, my my mindfulness would be just a bottle of vodka. That would, if I were yeah. a school teacher, they'd be like, "What are you doing?" Oh, I'm I'm being mindful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bring yourself back to the vodka. Every yeah, that. I am being in the moment with this vodka tonic right yeah. now. <laughs> I'm concentrating on every ice cube that is melting. <laughs> oh i've had a oh really good time talking to you you're a lot of fun and i really appreciate you oh. spending, a little, uh, spending a little time with us today i know a lot of people will get some benefit from uh, listening to your strategies and you know getting some other tips if they go to your website and i certainly would recommend you know, taking you know people taking you up on your offer of you know doing a consultation you know what's going to help them and it, it it's like anything anytime you make a positive impact for yourself there is a ripple effect for the people that are in your circle so i would think that if right. you're, you're being mind more mindful and you're a little less stressed you're going to make a not only a positive impact for you but you know the people around you as well and it's that whole circle of influence thing so thanks for being on the show today nick Oh, Chip, thank you so much. That was really well said at the end. That's so true. You impact everyone. It has a positive effect on everyone around you. Absolutely. So, so well, good stuff. Yep. I look forward to seeing you in April, and I would recommend that anybody that's interested in you know, mindfulness, humor, check out AATH at AATH.org and consider coming to the conference in April. You're going to meet cool people like Nick. So I'll see you in April, my friend. All right. Thanks a lot, Chip. Have a great day, man. You too, bud. Thanks. This is LaughBox, the podcast for laughter and humor professionals. LaughBox is made possible by a grant from the National Speakers Foundation and is brought to you by AATH, the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. Find out more at AATH.org. Be sure to review LaughBox on iTunes. For show notes and more information about today's conversation, visit laughbox.aath.org.